0: Hi, I'm Angela Lee, and welcome to the Will to Live podcast, where we share with you the gifts of living. I speak to inspiring wellness leaders, mums, celebrities, business people, super grannies and more to help you live your potential, connect to your purpose and bring joy to your life. Discovering your will to live a fulfilling life starts now welcome everyone to this episode of the will to live podcast and we're very lucky to be joined today by Chinese medicine doctor Dr. Nicholas Blewett so hey Nick welcome
1: hi guys thank you Angela nice to be here
0: yeah now Nick has been a clinical acupuncturist on the Gold Coast for 20 years using his acupuncture skills to focus his treatment on the Chinese medical theory which addresses not only the symptoms of disease but also the underlying energetic and organ pathology, which in Chinese led to a wide range of chronic disease states. Nick's passion for classical Chinese medicine and the gentle approach of Japanese acupuncture techniques have fueled his career in general acupuncture practice, which during this time, Nick has treated a wide range of physical and emotional conditions and I'm one of them. I'm one of his um, patients. I'm, I've been seeing Nick for quite a while now and Nick enjoys helping clients to understand their health more holistically through treatment and integrating lifestyle strategies to help them best navigate um, and work with their well-being to bring about long-standing change. So awesome, Nick. Great to um, great to have you on today. I guess there's a quite, I mean, like with a lot of my guests, I could probably um, talk for hours to you as well and but something that I would just love to introduce people to is because a lot of people are becoming more aware of acupuncture, but they still probably don't quite know what it is. They go, oh, it's just this needles that people stick in places and stuff. So I'd love for you to sort of, you know, introduce and share a bit about sort of what acupuncture is. And I guess the differences between, you know, a Chinese medicine approach and a, and a Western approach as well.
1: Okay. Okay. All right, so um, Chinese medicine was first recorded like 2,500 years ago. Um, There's a classic text called The Yellow Emperor's uh, Classic of Internal Medicine where the emperor is discussing um, Chinese medicine with his advisor. And in the very first chapter, his advisor um, talks about The ancient sages which 200 you know 2,500 years ago how old are these ancient sages and they talk about how these ancient sages align themselves with nature so Mm -hmm. Chinese medicine has got a lot to do with Taoism and that idea of how we align ourselves with the natural world to um, fortify our our physical mental and spiritual well-being Mm. these ancient sages, it talks actually about, they did a lot of Tai Chi and Qigong. Uh, well, not Tai Chi, but Qigong and different exercises. And so the underpinning theory of Chinese medicine comes down to, um, are you getting me there? I'm getting uh, my internet connection is unstable.
0: Yeah, I've still got are you, you? yeah.
1: Um Comes down to the underlying principle of, of Qigong, really, which is about how our body creates energy. And the systems it involves to create the energy that comes out into our arms and legs and our mind to allow us to do things mm. so chinese medicine really is about underpinning that idea that it's best not to get sick you know you think about ancient china when they were farming and they're living on the land you can't get sick because you've got to keep working you got to keep providing for your family mm. so really underpinning philosophy is how do we avoid becoming sick in the first place how do we keep ourselves full of energy and brimming with vitality and living to our fullest mm. as opposed to allowing our body to become deficient and fall into illness. Mm. So underlying all Chinese medicine is the basic energetic philosophy of how our body produces that energy mm. and then how, how the natural world and our internal world, our thoughts, affect that balance within our body to create illness. Mm. So once we become kind of weak enough energetically pathogens can then attack us from Mm. the outside Mm. or our own inner world begins to attack us from the inside Mm. and that produces our symptomology and so Chinese medicine really looks at how do we backtrack through those causative factors to get to that root energetic deficiency that's allowing those symptoms to occur Um, Mm. and in that way once you track it back to the root so Chinese talk about it like a tree root and branch
2: mm. and
1: we try to get back to the root of the problem so that the disease symptoms which are the branches can be pruned back into control and, and, and keep the plant healthy
0: yeah no that's so cool I love that um, philosophy I've certainly experienced it as well and so uh, one of the I guess the main um, techniques like you, qigong is one that you use and you also use acupuncture as well so how does I guess Acupuncture works. So for people at home who are maybe thinking about it, because I know that when I have it, I just feel so different um, when I walk out from it. And Mm. also for Mm. the days after, you just feel this like, I don't know, just chill or balance or the world looks a little bit, (laughs) a little bit better. It's kind of pretty cool.
1: Rose coloured acupuncture glasses. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um okay, so the science with how acupuncture works is a bit sporadic. Mm. And The real issues come down there from the Chinese medicine perspective that either A, the science needs to catch up Mm -hmm. a little bit in the way that we can test and measure things, as well as the methodology of the way that they run studies. Mm -hmm. So it's like everyone with a back problem gets these points. Mm -hmm. But in Chinese medicine, we learn that different points will treat different reasons people have back pain. So putting in one approach is like giving everyone, you know, one type of medication for every disease like that just wouldn't, wouldn't work. Yeah. Um, so the way I tend to look at how acupuncture works is if we injure ourselves, if we cut ourselves, we don't need medicine to fix that cut. Our body has a natural healing mechanism. Mm. Okay? Our immune system kicks in, our body knows what to do. It knits that wound back together. So acupuncture needles are designed like a rocket where it travels through the atmosphere and splits the air around the top of the rocket to allow it to pass through. Um, hypodermic needles, injection needles, are designed with a bevel cutting edge. So when you insert them, they cut the tissue and there's, and there's damage done through that through that incising of the tissue. Hmm. So the body then thinks, well, I need to fix that cut. I need to fix that incising. But when the acupuncture needle, which is solid and and extremely thin, pass through the tissue and don't cause any damage, the body's immune system is still activated because something has pierced the body. And the immune system runs down to the area and looks around and goes, well, there's nothing really happening here. We're not really injured. Oh, but look, we've got inflammation here or we've got a tear in the muscle. Let's fix that while we're here. But then if it's not at the exact location, because, of course, with acupuncture points, we use points on the feet for headaches, you know, we use points on the head, but for problems that are to do with the body, you know, we use all these distal points.
2: Mm.
1: The body is healing, well, the body itself, but the healing mechanism is like a quantum computer. So if I put a needle in your foot and the immune system runs down there and goes, well, look, there's no immediate injury in that location, I should probably just run a systems check through that entire system to make sure it's not a referred pain from another injury somewhere else in my body, in my system. Mm -hmm. And it runs a systems check and then goes, Oh, you're right. I do have a problem along that channel, along that pathway in in another part of the body, right? It was a referred pain. Let's go there and work on that. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, it's a way of, um, Upregulating and upping the priority listing of things you want your body to heal. So the body kind of mm. forget, You've got a million things to do in the day, we're scattered. Acupuncture's like saying, hey, come back here and look at this. Hey, come back here and look at this. And the body keeps returning to that area and it will just heal whatever's there to heal at the time. So yeah. it's a nice way to kind of trick the body into having a real-time healing response at a pinpoint specific location in the body.
0: Yeah, that's what I love about it is that it's, you know, it's activating our self-healing and, you know, like we do have that capacity to, to heal and that's what I really love about it. And I think mm-hmm. some people think too, like, oh, needles, it's going to hurt. Like I hate needles. I fainted at blood tests, right? Like so I'm not a needle person. But with acupuncture, it doesn't, I don't even feel it. Like it doesn't even, it's mm-hmm. such a gentle, soft touch. It's actually really... Um, it's really quite pleasurable it's not a painful experience yeah, at all and yeah. I think some people go oh I can't have needles but it's actually for me um who doesn't respond well to needles actually really good so yeah no I love it as a as a um, treatment modality it's
1: it's one of my pet joys is converting needle phobics yeah, yeah, yeah. loving acupuncture yeah you know, it's quite interesting to watch people get up after being scared and going I had no idea that's what would happen you know, they think about a blood test or they think about, a you know, a big injection that they may have had and that's what they associate with needles. But, like, I tend to refer to the needles I use as pins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and it's different. And so because I practice a Japanese style of acupuncture, which is quite refined, that it's a very hands-on approach. It's very gentle needling. And most of my needles are anywhere from just touching the surface of the skin to maybe, you know, point of a millimeter under the skin
2: Mm. to
1: about maybe four or five mil at the most unless Mm. there is a physical reason to go deeper into a a bigger muscle group glutes and things like that
0: yeah yeah no no that's um really cool so i guess um you know you mentioned before about you know, us managing our internal, I guess, energy system. And when we become deficient in that energy, it leads to deficiencies in certain, I guess, um, organs and parts of the body and which lead to disease. And it's certainly low energy and tiredness is probably one of the number one things that I see, you know, as well people present with, because we're just, you know, just so exhausted. And there's lots of theories behind that, which we probably won't go into today. But like, how do you approach that for people? Like, how do you approach when people come in with low energy and tiredness? Like, what are some things that um, you do to help people with that?
1: Because it um, certainly helped
0: me. Like,
1: one, of the, one of the main, I guess, messages with Chinese medicine that, that really suits our current paradigm is that we don't rest. Hmm. You know, in our society, there's always something to do, there's a new pressure, there's a new stress. And, that's not necessarily different from any other time in history, necessarily, but it's always go, go, go. So, the way they look at deficiency in Chinese medicine is through the energy transformation process that happens in our body, our yin organs so, there's six yin organs, but five of them have what's called jing qi or, or this battery essence. It's like it's taken as a fluid or a substance that the organ has. Mm-hmm. And then through the work that that organ does through um, digestion or processing of the body, as well as the areas that it governs throughout the body, it uses that energy. And then as we use more and more, the organ becomes deficient. It's like a a car petrol tank. The more Mm. you put your foot on the floor of the accelerator, the more petrol you use. Mm. So one of the main things is getting people to take time out for themselves and not feel That they always need to be doing something that they can take Mm. that time for self care and self love and actually stop. Mm. Um, Failing that, because we do live in the 21st century and we've got a million things to do. From an acupuncture perspective, with people with deficiencies, it's about coming in at quite a nice soft level and nurturing Mm. them, Mm. Um, which is one of the reasons. So, with extreme fatigue cases, the needling gets extremely light. It's like the body can't handle strong stimulation
2: mm.
1: and when you just stimulate it at a very light level the body just gets enough of a kick to pick up and, the, and those organs relax and as you know when you get up off the mm. table and
2: mm. you've
1: been taken to another space for instance some clients get up and they're like i just feel like i've had eight hours of sleep
2: mm.
1: and they've mm. been laying there for half an hour mm. That level of rest and and allowing your body to come back into homeostasis just Mm. resets the playing field and gives Mm. people that little bit more space in their life to actually take a back seat and take that little bit of time for themselves. Mm. So it's interesting in a fatigued state, they're usually created by that kind of long-term fight and flight, Mm. eating away at them. So when we return the body into homeostasis, and you know, there's quite a few points we use up around the back of the neck to actually access the brainstem and switch off that fight or flight. So even for traumatic events and stuff yeah. like that that are wearing right. away at people, to actually switch off that adrenal overload that people are experiencing, which allows them then to just stop mm. and, and observe their life and just take that back seat and just in, start implementing the changes diet and lifestyle and exercise and things like that they need to to then just start incrementally building up Mm. but interestingly in the chinese medicine theory through the day we start to use the energy in our organs and then at night that energy replenishes and we just keep dipping in Mm. so if we're not resting properly we're never actually refilling and regenerating ourselves Mm. And we actually need some petrol left in the tank to start creating more energy. And what you get is a situation where people come into clinic and you treat them and they get up and they feel amazing. Then they go out and do 6 million things because they've got the energy and then they're flat again.
0: And they mm. come
1: in and you've even, I've even had people say, oh, acupuncture not working, you know? And I'm like, no, it's working too good. You just need to then use that energy
2: Mm. to
1: take a back seat and build upon that energy the whole time. Mm. We're constantly dipping in. We use our reserves. And on on a last note of that, from that classical text I was talking about, there's a Mm. line that it's not how much water we have in our well, Mm. it's how we use the water from our well that counts.
2: Mm. And,
1: you know, people are just pouring bucket loads of water out of their well and never actually just taking the time to let that well refill. Yeah, so Chinese, yeah,
0: yeah. I think that's such an important message in general because people do that. They, you know, they feel flat, and I see this all the time. Then I'm and I'm guilty of it as well. And then you start to feel good again. So you just go, "Wow, I want to make the most of the stuff," and yeah. we we go to a bit like push the envelope again. Whereas I really like that concept of you know thinking about the the energy in the tank, you know what I mean? Leaving it there so you can constantly build it so you can sustain that energy for life rather than just going through dips or like massive dips all
1: the time. So a great example. And I know I'm talking to the right crowd. I was reading an article yesterday on um, elite athletes performance with VO2 max um, Mm. increases and how a lot of athletes plateau with, with their, with their intense, uh, with their high intensity training and how, Mm some research uh, even though it's at a minimalist, has suggested that low intensity endurance exercise actually increases our vo2 max thresholds by increasing mitochondria's function and um, mm. in the cell
2: mm.
1: and so i instantly go straight back to tai chi and qigong mm.
2: and mm. this
1: idea that it is a low intensity endurance exercise and most people don't see that in the exercise when they observe it but it can be quite intense as an exercise. Um, and just how having more mitochondria, having more VO2 max, being able to access that energy supply in our cells mm. actually can increase our whole entire energy and our, our longevity. Mm. And so how slowing down is actually an integral factor in building up our reserves mm. and, and allowing us to be stronger. But, in the exercise culture, you know, we've got people who are so, uh, in a sense, addicted to the hormonal kick they get and the serotonin dopamine hit they get from exercise that when they're fatigued, mm. I know what will make me feel better. I'll go and train. Really, it's no different to someone who's using a stimulant as coffee mm. to pick themselves up and they're dipping into their hormonal profiles, whereas actually doing some of the lower intensity training. Or just even sitting down and meditating when you're fatigued as opposed to going using more energy Mm. can actually then help you springboard again when when you've recovered from that fatigue
0: yeah no that's cool so obviously like there's the rest and there's you've got treatments with you for acupuncture to build up energy but what are some things that i guess you do personally and also get other people to do to help um build up their energy reserves it'd be cool for you know people to take away some of those tips i know you do quite a bit of qigong i know like you got me to do this one exercise once i forget the name of it actually but i just had to stand there like this for like five minutes and actually just being still and doing that is actually really really difficult <laughs> you know i don't think people go oh what are they doing yeah. just standing there yeah. and it's like yeah. it's not only mentally challenging but it was physically really tough what was that yeah, one called I again actually- when i did that one what was
1: When I Um, hold my hands up or the mother. It'd be called a static Qigong where you're not moving and a dynamic Qigong would be where you'd be moving. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I actually refer to it as the hardest exercise in the world. And then people Mm. look at you just standing there and they're like, whatever, but it is, it's extremely challenging because we don't work that way. Animals do. Mm. Animals do Qigong quite a bit. Like, I can sit down on Burley Hill here on the Gold Coast and watch a cormorant swimming and fishing, and then the cormorant will just sit up on the rocks with its wings up because it can't fly when they're heavy from the water. So Mm. it dries its wings in the sun, and it can sit there for half an hour with its wings up. And what's what's actually doing is it's so relaxed Mm. that it's allowing all the weight of its body to transpose through its structure and dissipate through its structure so the muscles aren't taking up the strain. Mm. but because we don't use our bodies that way they're not very accustomed to it um i'm going a little bit off track where are we going with that
0: no that's Uh, um just things people can do like it'd be good um i was actually just thinking then maybe it would be good with the podcast to put a little link to a one of your qigong exercises because like you're obviously a qigong teacher and run qigong training for people it'd be cool to um just share a couple of your favorite ones that people might want to take away and do if you'd be cool with that. I'll put you on the spot there (laughs) so you can't really say no now.
1: (laughs) It's social media. You've got no control. Um, yeah, I've got a few lives on my page that that might be really soon. Oh, perfect. That, um, Hmm. but, uh, yeah. So some of the tips people can use whilst the exercise we did, um, on that day was a lot of standing qigong, Hmm. Um, can actually be done lying down because it's Mm -hmm. energy work as well. And so I find for those high fatigue states that just doing energy work with hand placements on your body Mm
2: -hmm. and working
1: with the breath Mm
2: -hmm. can be
1: one of the best ways to go about actually starting to re-energise yourself. Spending Mm -hmm. that refined kind of intimate connection and observation of your body And understanding what you're doing and on an energetic level and what's happening um, with the meridians and with the organs and what you're doing with the breath work can Mm. really give you a different way to work with your body than what we're used to. Mm. And so in a lot of my training now, I'm working with people just simply getting different hand placements on the body Mm. and just getting people to breathe. So um, what would be
0: what would be a hand placement um, that you'd suggest? So get someone to lie flat on their back and what put their left their back. left um, hand on their
1: I, I I would like one one hand on the upper chest, like especially if there's hmm. anxiety with fatigue and those kind of really stressful and shortness of breath and, and, and tightness, just yep. actually holding just underneath your clavicles on the mm-hmm. top of your chest with one hand mm-hmm. and the other hand on your lower belly underneath your belly button. Mm-hmm and actually just sitting there and resting the hands Mm. and trying to breathe in through your nose and inflate your tummy Mm -hmm. with the in-breath and then Mm. let it collapse. Mm. There's something as simple as that. From a Chinese perspective, you're actually using your arms to pump energy to those locations. Mm. Uh, The point's just under the clavicle up here on the kidney meridian. Mm. Uh, The kidneys are the primary battery, and when they begin to get deficient, a lot of heat is generated and sits up in the chest and vexes our heart. And that's why we get anxiety and and different things like that because we're caught in our upper body and in our head.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: This upper hand position helps you connect with that and pump it back down into your lower body to help you kind of ground and centre your mind and bring that heat back down Mm -hmm. to nourish that kidney energy in your lower body. So Mm. something like that's really nice. Mm -hmm. And how yep. long would
0: you suggest people stay there? Like how long as a minimum? Is there a sort of a, a set time to start for people or?
1: for Anywhere from maybe a minute to maybe 10 or 15.
0: Mm.
1: as that mm. kind of basic, basic thing. Mm. And you'll improve, you know. It's some of those things you might sit down, you might feel a bit awkward and, and you might not notice too much. And then the second time you start to feel, and then the third time you can really feel your mind And You actually, it's, it's a skill.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: get better at it and the mm-hmm. ability just to lie down and just thank yourself like okay so I was a little bit nervous about coming on here I actually mm-hmm. lay down and did it before I came on
2: mm-hmm. yeah because
1: all this deficient heat making me a bit anxious making me a bit nervous yeah I just wanted to ground it so I could be a bit more present and a bit more onto it without that without that heart kind of Anxiety of disturbance happening.
0: Yeah, no, that's cool. And so, what what's another one? You're about to share another one as well. That's yeah, cool.
1: I actually like the palms just resting under underneath the chest,
0: mm-hmm.
1: just basically over your liver and over your your spleen and stomach on the other side. Mm-hmm. So this is the the liver, gallbladder, and stomach and spleen represent the middle heater or the middle jaw, which is about creating chi blood, and body fluids for the mm-hmm. rest of the body. Produces mm-hmm. all the material we need to to build a human body Mm. just actually resting our hands on there Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: and heating those organs Mm. allows them to be tonified the heat Mm. collects the heat from your hands collects blood back Mm. into those areas and because you're laying down the blood returns from your peripherals arms and legs returns into the core to be to be processed and and cleaned and detoxed Mm. so you're using the heat of your hands to actually help that area, and mm-hmm. so touch forward. You can just see my fingers just touching in the centre,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm just resting both my hands underneath here, and I'm actually just breathing.
2: Mm.
1: Now, I, I ran a chigong group last night, and I spoke to the people there about true healing. And if anyone's, you know, if anyone's ever had, you know, been upset, I had a traumatic experience. <laughs> I understand that. Just having someone there non-judgmentally listening to you in your space Mm. is one of the most healing things you can have.
2: Mm.
1: Energy transfer and working with people and and with yourself in this way is of no difference. You know, you don't have to kind of, I'm projecting energy into something. It's literally just being there, observing it and Mm. feeling it and allowing that to happen and just Mm. breathing and the, the healing is just natural consequence of that. So Mm. it's not like you have to do something mystical or, or, you know, create a special space or an energetic healing. It's just actually spending that time quietly and intimately with yourself, Mm. with your hands placed on these positions and breathing that actually brings around that kind of, regulatory response from the body to fall back into homeostasis.
0: Yeah, and that's really cool.
1: For really, really physical people, um, with the one that we have with the hand on the top and the bottom, even Mm -hmm. just cupping both hands down below can be good as well. Mm -hmm. Because that's our primary energy centre, when we train, we tend to use a lot of that energy. So refilling Mm -hmm. it and getting everything to return to that area Mm -hmm. Similar to like doing shavasana after Mm. yoga. Mm. as opposed to having your hands out, you're using the hand heat to collect the energy back down.
2: Mm. And it's
1: kind of the same here because our liver and our spleen in Chinese medicine, the spleen uh, and stomach create all the energy from food and the liver uses that substance to build blood, they get quite taxed. Mm. Yeah. Um, So actually heating those areas is a really good way to build the liver blood and Mm. that digestive system of using what we eat to be nourished into energy and food. Mm. So for people who are training really heavily, just to warm those areas and allow the blood and energy to collect back there is one of the best ways to fill those batteries. Doing that after a heavy training session for five or ten minutes Mm. is a good way to just collect all everything after you've trained Mm. and these energies are thought of as reservoirs so you're building the reservoir You're, you're refilling it again
0: yeah and that's what i love about a lot of these techniques is it's you know you don't have to go and buy all this expensive equipment it's just it's you and, you know, and I really, I've really found I do a lot more of the, the touch now. Like I do a lot of heart stuff and even the touch on me because I think it's about, you know, giving back to yourself and it's really that self-love as well. I think it's a really um, mm. important part of the healing and just taking that time to do that is like you give, you're telling yourself that you are loving yourself to be able to do that and that, yeah, is probably one of the biggest forms of healing as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you can't hold space to yourself, you can't help yeah. for anyone else, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And I, I have a little bit I have a little bit of a, a tongue-in-cheek saying that I like to say that people don't touch themselves enough.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. We don't play with ourselves enough.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: like people come into my clinic and they're like, Oh my arm's sore. Oh yeah, whereabouts on your arm is sore. I don't know, my arm's sore. Mm. You and you know, I just feel like going you haven't touched it. Like yeah, when, yeah. when I have a problem, I'm like right here. This is you know. Even if it's not strong, I've actually palpated, massaged the area.
0: Yeah.
1: I think back to a time when we probably lived in caves and teepees and when it was dark, it was dark.
0: Mm. Now, there
1: was no staying up watching Netflix or reading books. Mm. So we probably had a really intimate connection. We probably used to sit there and touch ourselves and play with ourselves and have that really deep connection with ourselves. Mm. And Mm. we kind of lack that a little bit now, I think.
0: Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, you know, that's really cool. And um, so for you, you know, we're coming to the end and at the end I usually ask my guests, like, what would be sort of your top piece of advice for people to, you know, find the will to live their most fulfilling life? What advice would you give to, to people out there or what do you do? Um,
1: I think to learn that kind of Buddhisty, Taoisty concept of the middle path,
2: mm-hmm.
1: of making sure that we're not being too extreme in either way, and mm-hmm. understanding that that middle path of returning back to that stillness and, and not forcing ourselves to necessarily push ourselves past our limits,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but to understand those limits and just kind of bring ourselves back into a middle path. Mm -hmm. And that way, because in Chinese medicine, there's a saying, um, uh, health doesn't come from fitness. Fitness comes from health. Mm. And that idea that if we push ourselves too hard physically, we're actually dipping into our reserves of health. Mm. Whereas if we're really vital and healthy, we have a natural fitness, which is why we can stop training for a week or two and then go out for a run and just smash it because we've got... All the hormonal reserves, all our energies there. And we might be really sore the next day because mm. we, we could push ourselves that hard. Mm. But if we just pull back from pushing ourselves that hard, that would allow us to rebuild our fitness again and again and again. So it's just coming back to that middle path and not pushing ourselves physically and employing some of these meditations and Qigongs and body awareness stuff to actually help us increase the physical goals and demands that we, we want to undertake in our lives.
0: Yeah, no, that's so cool. Well, that's awesome, Nick. Thanks heaps for that. And I'll definitely share some of those videos um, with the podcast stuff as well mm-hmm. and the details about your um, Qigong teacher training, because I think learning some of that, those principles, particularly for the trainers would be very useful um, for them to apply in their business, mm-hmm. but also some of those videos, very useful, simple stuff. People can do at home to really increase yeah. their energy and vitality you know like it and what i love is yeah. that we have the resource right here you know if we can just yeah. access it and it's just about allowing yeah. it and accessing it and that's what i really love about the work i've done with you like i've really felt the benefits personally so um i just want more people to feel that so <laughs> there you go yeah, great but, all right thanks heaps nick i'm looking forward to Thank having you, you at Andrew. our ret- sure. retreat this year as well and people loved having you there last year so looking forward to having you a part of stuff right. again so Awesome. All right. You have a great one today.
1: Thank you so much, Angela. Thanks, guys. Bye.
0: I'm Angela Lee, and you've been listening to Will to Live, the podcast. You can join us on Facebook in our Will to Live online community, that's L-I-V, Facebook group, or follow Angela Lee on social media and at www.angelalee.com.au. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast and would like to pay for the gifts of living, Please share with your friends. And if you haven't already, please rate and review the podcast. Thanks so much.